Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast, the podcast that bridges wisdom from generation to generation. And today's guest is Josh Gershon. Josh is a coach, mentor, champion of young people, poet, photographer, dreamer, explorer, and helps people show up in the world as who they truly are instead of who they think they need to be. And that is exactly what we talk about in this episode. We talk straight up into authentic leadership, leading ourselves, and making our way in the world that is always telling us who to be. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hello, Josh, and welcome to the Bridging Impact podcast. I'm thrilled to have you on today. This seems like a few, a a year overdue, but better late than never. And I'm actually gaining some traction with Bridging Impact to pass wisdom from generation to generation. Obviously, you've passed quite a bit of wisdom to myself, but you've also helped me cultivate a lot of that wisdom within myself. And I'm sure we'll talk quite a bit about that extensively for young leaders, young coaches right now. For those that are listening, Josh was my uh, coach and he really helped me through. Honestly, probably last year was one of the most challenging years of my life. And it's really, you know, as we just talked about this pre-pod has really catapulted me to where I am today. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, man, really uh, honored to be here. Honored to be here. Uh, And just to catch up with you again, it's been so long since we've spoken. And I know that's something that we have mentioned doing together for a while. So come full circle to land here with you. It's an honor, man. Thank you. An honor. So, without further ado, we have our very first, very light question. It's not loaded question whatsoever. Uh, what is your definition of impactful leadership? <laughs> it's not loaded. Uh, be careful. Be careful. <laughs> but, um, no, it's it's funny because when when I hear that term and you texted me earlier and I looked at it, you know, on paper and the first thing, honestly, that I thought impactful leadership feels redundant to me like um (laughs) it's like wet water right like um yeah at least this is my take on it and and it got me kind of thinking you know like why why do i think this and uh i think any anyone uh with the like the gift of leadership or the opportunity of leadership which you know in some way we all we all have can have um should we welcome it and rise to it? Um, being a leader is going to leave an impact. Not always a positive one, right? But like whether you are uh, leading a corporation or uh, uh, you know an organization or a club or a country or your own life, you know um, your uh, your leadership will will have an effect. It will have a direct impact on those that you are leading and yourself, if even for just talking about being a leader of your own life. I think, uh, I think leadership does not come without impact. So when I think of the term uh, impactful leadership, I just think, I think of leadership. <laughs> leadership is impactful. Yeah, no, 100%. Leadership is definitely impactful. And so let's dive right into that and kind of talk about, I think, for me, you know, in, in our relationship, obviously, I think a lot about like self leadership, because that's what you helped guide me through. So I'd love to start there. And I'd love to start with your journey of of leadership and coaching and, and 
you know, going back to, you know, whenever, whenever you feel a good point is like, what do you think brought you on to, you know, this leadership and coaching journey? I might say it was my own dissatisfaction with, with my own life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I rewind to a, a time when I was in my early 20s living in New York City, only a couple years out of college, kind of like hustle and bustle. And um, in many ways, almost felt like a continuation of both high school and college. You know, a lot of, uh, I grew up in New York and so, a lot of my friends, you know, after college, wherever we all went away to school, all kind of wound up back in the city, um, you know, all working kind of different jobs. And we're young and we're 20s. So I guess we're like all trying to find our way in the world. But I remember um, really distinctly for, for a lot of those like early years in my 20s, just feeling like I was like forcing myself into a life um, <clears throat> that I didn't belong in but I I was especially then I mean I think it's an ongoing journey and if you talk about personal leadership I would almost say that a lot of that personal leadership journey uh, involves taking a trip from from the head to the heart which is I know something that we spoke about a lot Um, I was certainly living more in my head then I, I didn't. I couldn't even tell you the term going from your head to your heart. I probably would have like shamed anyone who said that to me at the time. Um, but you know, so what I was feeling was a huge disconnect, and and like the my heart and my my soul and my you know inner inner knowing, my inner self, uh, my my like essential self, so to speak, um, felt felt at odds with what the human running around hustling and bustling and trying to impress everybody and trying to prove something to everybody and trying to prove to himself that he can do it. And this is what he's supposed to do. And I can fit in here and I can, Mm. you know, like that, just that, that running that race, um, uh, was, was like such an internal wrestling match. Um, but it was one that I didn't know quite how to put, word or feeling to like how to fully embrace because there was a lot of pain that had to be embraced to accept the truth of, Hey, I'm not living in alignment. You know, um, I think there's a lot like that needs to be put to rest when, uh, when things change, when people change, when lifestyles change, when, uh, you know, any sort of transition, um, whether brought upon by ourselves or, you know, due to circumstances, sometimes we can't control. Um, it's like a reckoning, right? It's, uh, it's painful. It could be painful. So, um, yeah, I think when I started feeling that, you know, and I started like getting a little bit more curious about it and a little bit less judgmental or a little bit less afraid or a little bit less resistant to this like inner, um, you know, like mm, something doesn't feel right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the way I knew how to do it at the time was to like, I need a new job. I need to live in a new city. I need to. Right. And so I'm like, right. Internalizing. How do I fix this? Um, and I think somewhere along that kind of like, 
you know, searching for more fulfilling careers, uh, coaching came up, you know, and coaching is awesome. And coaching is, is like the wild, wild west in many ways. And coaching is really funny and like it could feel, um, I'm sure you've seen this. And I think probably even more now, you know, than ever, uh, as the coaching industry continues to explode, it can feel really gimmicky, you know, like work from anywhere in the world and help people all day and change your life in the process and make <laughs> doing it, you know, like I remember like right. both true and also both a gimmick, you know, and I like remember seeing that and being like, holy shit, how do I sign up for this? You know? Um, right. And long story short, you know, um, after like many, many years of like almost pulling the trigger on like getting a coaching certification, um, you know, and like different experimentation with my own career, um, kind of, you know, led me to starting my first company, um, which is a company called Startup Island. And, um, you know, we started as an alternative spring break program for college students, um, developed into more of like a lifestyle empowerment and an entrepreneurial leadership and a personal leadership program, um, not just for college students, but for young professionals as well. And, um, you know, kind of like what I was saying before, um, a leadership role, a leadership opportunity. Uh, I mean, it calls, it calls forth the leader internally. Right. And, and there was no way I could be a leader externally without becoming a leader in my own life. And, um, you know, through, through hard, uh, and, and like wonderful experiences building that company, um, mentoring folks inside of that company, both our participants and, and, you know, our team members, um, through relationships that, that formed inside of, you know, professional contexts, um, through relationships, just like friendships, romantic relationships, right? All of these things. Like once I sort of stepped into that arena, everything just started to call forward my own leadership. And, um, you know, I don't think that that's a journey that will end for me. I don't, I don't see a day where I'm like, Oh, now I've got it. You know, um, I'm certainly a, uh, a more evolved leader today than I was when that journey started. 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, but I also like, I know that I don't know shit, you know? Um, and that's, that's like awesome. That's like, uh, that humbles me, you know? Um, and sometimes I need, sometimes I actually need someone else or something else to remind me. Of yeah. Me, um, because I, I get caught up in, in, you know, uh, pride or ego or, you know, self-indulgence or whatever. Um, so I'll stop there. I hope that, I hope that answered your question or took you back to the beginning a little bit. Uh, I wasn't too run around. No, that was perfect. I think there was a lot of wisdom in there. And if I can try and like unpack it a little bit, it's just like you were kind of going through essentially the not necessarily it was corporate rat race, but essentially like the American rat race, like I'm going and running around, like I'm in a big city, I'm hustling. And, but you had something internally pulling you elsewhere, you know, and you kind of found 
you kind of stumbled upon coaching and, you know, you found it gimmicky, but it sounded awesome, you know, and you just kind of like kind of followed your intuition a little bit and kind of seen like, you know, I, I, I had a, another guest on the podcast and then was text. And like, he talked about how like every challenge presents us with our next opportunity of kind of that ever cycling growth um, that you're kind of speaking about. Like I am much more evolved than I was 10, 15 years ago, but I also don't know shit in uh, in 10 to 15 more years. I'm going to know a lot more. So with that being said, you know, for those that are developing and, and, you know, how did you really like, tap into that intuition like was it you know like daily walks did it take and everything does really seem like it takes longer like i'm just curious how you tapped into that with help with help um you know like with the help of of other human beings that's with the help of that it walks. I mean, that's with the help of nature. It's um, it's with the help of, of like time and space and um, slowing down. Um, it's you know, I think maybe a term that you know we'll hear a lot these days. Um, it's like unlearning. You know, we spend, we spend a lot of our, our lives, a lot of our childhood sort of learning, right? Learning how to uh, belong, how to fit in, how to um, please people, how to be good and not be bad, how to be right and not be wrong. Uh, these are all, all like learned behaviors and learned habits and learned stories um, about ourselves, about the world, about our place. And, um, you know, <clears throat> perhaps many of us, um, at least, you know, speaking from my experience, what I was describing before of getting to that place of like, oh, okay, like something's not adding up anymore something hasn't been adding up for a while and um you know uh, i want to i want my life to feel more like mine and uh there has to be there has to be slash i want there to be um more than than this right like not more materially but like i want to feel more alive in my life and um that is a like you said, it takes, it could take really long. Um, and it's, it's like the unlearning is like unraveling, right. Unraveling, uh, so many layers of, um, of a worldview of an identity that, that we, we come to grow, uh, so, um, so much a part of, so I like, so associated with, and, um, so connected to, and um, whether we know this or not, it's like we, we uh, will try to protect that, even if it's like a life that um, deep down uh, like feels out of alignment, the alternative is like complete un- unknown, the complete unknown, the abyss, right? Um, and it might feel also like you're letting a lot of people down. It might feel like 
you've, I've worked so hard for this and now I'm about to let it all go. Right. So there's like a lot of fear and potential shame and guilt that can come with that. Um, and so like, what helps in that process to go back to your question, um, again, is like people, people who are, who have, have walked the path, um, who have said, Hey, you know, like I put, I put this part of my life to rest and look, I'm still here. You know, I'm still alive. I made it through and you're welcome at our dinner table. You know, like brothers and sisters, uh, are, are so important in the process. Um, nature is like, it's restorative and it's, it's wild and, uh, and of course it's, it's nature. And so it is like the most real thing that exists, you know? And I think that can really have a, a, an immense power of bringing someone back to themselves, their true self, who they really are, stripping away the phone, the schedule, the title, the clothes, even the name, mm. right? Like, who am I without my name? There is a me behind the way that I identify myself in the world and getting back to that to then add new layers so I can like reform myself in the human world, which we all are a part of, um, but in a way that right. feels more like my own, right? Um, is, is uh, yeah, it's a whole process of, of unlayering and then relayering. And yet, you know, there's no set time. It could take, it could take years. It could take lifetimes. Um, and for some people, it could happen maybe much, much more quickly than that. Right. It could happen in six months, and then you reconnect with the person that was helping you with it, and uh, you end up here, right in this room. <laughs> so with that, you know, I talked about the unlearning and unraveling, and kind of what I hear is, is authenticity. You kind of talk about the alignment of who you are and who you are as a leader with just authentic leadership and i'd love for to for you to share more about like authentic leadership and and what that looks like for you yeah i'd be happy to um especially because as as i mentioned before we started recording uh what thing right now is actually called the school of authentic leadership and storytelling and so yeah, I think a term that really resonates with me, um, perhaps more, you know, more so than impactful leadership is authentic leadership. Um, and that's because, um, you know, authenticity is something that might not be guaranteed in a leader. You know, I think, uh, whew, you know, and I, I do not want to go too far down a, you know, a political rabbit hole or a cultural, um, but, you know, I think like the times we're living in and what we're seeing in the media and, and, you know, reflected, uh, in the culture, uh, speaks for itself as far as, you know, um, just because someone is in a, a leadership position, uh, doesn't mean they're leading with authenticity. Um, and, and, you know, that's like not a, a political statement to any one political party. Uh, that is more in like a system and a patriarchal culture that has, has taken us to where we are now. Um, but 
you know, what can help, what can help, um, I don't love the term like save the world, but, but what can help bring more peace and equity and love and, and like true belonging back to our culture is authentic leadership. And that is a leadership that really stems from love and, and like inside of love is, is truly empathy and compassion and, and respect and responsibility and service and and also like gut-wrenching honesty you know um i think one of the biggest things uh that's troubling our american culture right now is that we won't admit how how bad we're fucking up. You know? Um, and like take that take that however you want it. Um, but but authentic leadership is not about having all the answers. It is about stepping up to the moment, every moment, and honoring like what is like bearing witness to what is and if that is pain and suffering and um not always putting your best foot forward and realizing that you could have done better it's naming it and um yeah it's like just a authentic leadership is just like a great shift towards like all all the things that i just said um and i i think like that is a shift away from, from like fear and domination and uh, the need to always appear like you've like you've got it right. There's there's no space for reconciliation and for learning, uh, and for for uh, for growing and healing without it. So. Um, yeah, that's the type of leadership that, that I think, you know, we need desperately and um, that I'm trying to bring in, in just even some small way, you know, and, and so like whatever little corner of society that, that I'm a part of. Yeah, so what I hear in that, especially towards the polit- political realm, is like kind of responsibility because you talk about, you know, no one no one's taking responsibility for the uh, the tragic things that are happening in our country and you know it's it's their fault right opposite party insert um it's uh the previous administration's party doesn't matter you know they'll blame their own party right but it's not our fault right it's not my fault that i don't know the answer but it's other people's fault you know and i think it's it's so challenging to get things done when we're not showing up and really for the right reasons. I mean, most of most politicians just want to get reelected. And I, I guess I, dig, I digress a little bit with that and maybe want to try and tra- train it back towards authentic leadership. But I do think, you know, I, I'm unlearning a lot of this. It shows up in the coaching, like youth sports coaching space other than like controlling kids, actually. Like a lot of people just are like, this is the way we're going to do it. Like instead of it being about the kids, it's about like 
How does it look to the parents that come in? How does it look when they play? Like, so that shows up in a lot of different ways. So talking about that and for those, you know, coaches and, and people that are listening that want to develop that authentic leadership, like, you know, I think you've talked about it a little bit with like restoring that nature and you talked about the importance of storytelling and, and you were kind of diving into it a little even before this uh, about like, you know, everything that we see on the me- on social media is a part of our stories. So with that being said, I, I'm, I'm really bad at asking like three questions in one. So I'm going to do my best to just ask one questions. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a storytelling one and talk and ask how, how is storytelling affect leadership? First thing I'll say is if, if you can tell a powerful story, you can, your opportunity to create um, opportunities for yourself and to inspire others is is a hundredfold, right? If if you're a powerful storyteller, um, the window that that opens to be able to inspire and create change, both individually and collectively, uh, is just is infinite. And so, the I think that's like one of the most essential tools to leadership is storytelling and how that ties in um, to, to doing so in a way that is authentic is um, realizing that, you know, our, again, like individual and collective realities is just a collection of stories. And yeah, it's like you said, and like we were saying before, um, you, at least, at least surface level, Right now, it feels very hard to escape this kind of like in your face all the time, doom and gloom. And um, yeah, I mean, it's troubling. Uh, And it's like, it's troubling what's going on. And it's, uh, and it's like, really hard. um, And I'd imagine, especially for, you know, the focus, I think, of of both of our work, you know, of, of youth and adolescence, um, in a world where coming at you from every direction, like you're being shot with a hundred hockey pucks at once, right? Um, just like all of this fear and terror and chaos and crisis and, um, and, and people yelling at each other too, right? Like it doesn't seem as though there's any union to be part of a solution. Like you were saying before, it just seems like a lot of protection and defense and making sure everyone knows that it wasn't my fault. It was their fault which is so far from what we could be doing to come together as leaders, as authentic leaders to tell a better story. Right. And, Mm. and like at a certain point, it's simply like, do we want to continue living this way? Do we want to subscribe to like this, just one version, this just like one version of, you know, of like a perceived truth that there's like this much hate and animosity and divide and and all of this stuff. And and it's not about ignoring it, right? It's not like, oh, let's just like pretend Mm -hmm. to exist and say that everything is amazing. And then, like I said before, bear witness to our own suffering. We have to bear witness to 
what we have caused, whether we caused it directly or not. Like one of my school leaders this past year who I was working with said something that, that really, you know, I really appreciated. I forgot what he was talking about, but like he said, it's not, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. You know, it's not always, mm. it's, yeah, maybe I didn't directly cause where we are right now, but like I'm part of it. It is my problem. And yeah. Ability. You know, as as like a citizen of the world, as as future, hopefully father to the next generation of children who will walk this planet, it's definitely my problem. You know, um, mm. so let's let's not uh, pretend that none of this is happening, but let's let's decide and let's you know take it upon ourselves. With the support, again, uh, you know, the keep stressing just like the support of our brothers and sisters, figure out how we want to receive all of the stimuli around us, and then how we want to channel that into our own strength, into our own creation of a better world. Yeah. No, I, I really hear in that this responsibility, even though, you know, like, obviously we're both white dudes, right? But we're, you know, we weren't the ones that enslaved, you know, people, but we are part of the problem because the the systems are still racist today. So we have to do something about that, right? And, you know, thinking about for our kids, our kids are experiencing an unbelievable amount of social anxiety, as I'm sure you kind of recognized in school this year coming back from covid like I'm thinking like specifically I have one kid in mind that I'm like thinking about for your school that I'm thinking specifically. He's a great kid. He's a hard worker. You know, he's actually very, uh, what's the word? I mean, he's very social, right? Like he has good social skills, but he has a lot of anxiety. And I think a lot of it has to do with a lot of the hockey pucks, like you mentioned, that are coming his way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Um, you know, it's like I, I was saying to you before, the the teenage years and if you think back to yours and you know i look back on mine i mean man i remember like the and i didn't know how to put words to this at the time because like you're just so up and the pressure and the hormones and you know all this stuff but essentially like it's the time of your life where you are um really trying you're you're changing physically um your environment is changing Right? And you're trying to figure out all these questions like who am I and what is my place in the world? And and you're realizing like your parents aren't the superheroes you thought they were and like they're fucked up too. And, you know, um, just like there's so much uh, beautiful, like beauty, beauty, beauty and challenge in this time of one's life. Um, that is why they're like the most formative years of one's life. Um, and you know, again, like we, these are already like a lot of unanswerable questions or they seem like unanswerable questions. Who am I and what is my place in the world? That is like a daunting question and a huge mountain to climb. And it's a beautiful question again. And in the midst of like, just trying to fit in in school and, and like trying to get, you know, a girl to like you or a boy to like you or like your friends to like you and, and please your parents and do all the things like, Dude, it is so hard. 
take that and, and look at these kids that are going through that normal adolescent transition now in this pandemic world, in this social climate, in this, you know, uh, political climate, in this economic climate, in this, uh, like everything, you know, like, oh my goodness. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. I saw a lot this year. Um, just like the anxiety and, um, for many, the depression and, um, just like the, the kind of like hopelessness, you know, um, it actually talking right now, I'm feeling like in my tear ducts, like it's starting to well up right here. Um, because when I actually give myself a second to like feel the collective, um, uh, just like how hard it is to be a teenager right now, it feels so heavy, you know, it feels so heavy, man. Um, and, and I think to, to tie it back in leadership, the importance of it, um, <clears throat> you know, to be leaders, right? Uh, to be authentic leaders. The next generation needs and deserves um, uh, people who can guide them back into um, like the greatest source of truth in a time where they might not know where to begin and they might not know who to believe and they might not. And frankly, like, I don't blame them. They might not have a reason to like really give a crap about any of it anyway, without, right. without being guided back to the source, right? The source of the truth, uh, which is them. They are. They are the source of their own truth, and they are the source of their own wisdom, and they are the source of their own power. And uh, if they, if if they, the young people, uh, more of them can, you know, and do tap into that, um, that will help the next generation of authentic leaders emerge and start to work towards, you know, a, a world of it, like a world where there can be more love and more belonging and uh, more hope, more hope. Yeah, we need more hope for sure. And so with that, like for, you know, I'm curious, you know, how what you learned through this year as a teacher and just really for those that are listening, a lot of them are working with youth directly. And so a lot of this, I'm sure they're probably nodding their head like, yeah, I hear you, whether they're in middle school, high school, elementary school, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot uh, to, to figure out who you are and, you know, all these, you know, ins and outs that you've been touching on. I'm curious, you know, how, how do you approach it? approach that and cultivate that with your students. I'm thinking because. Oh yeah, please. I mean, this past year, how I did it with my students was very one-on-one. -on -one. It was very, mm -hmm. very case by case. Um, right. Like anytime I'm struck, um, and, and for me, it was like, you know, 
I was working as, as the vice principal of this small private school and it's a small private school. And therefore like we do have the ability that large public schools don't have to like actually really know mm-hmm. each student. And even so the, and this was my first year this past year, like informal education, right? Uh, I had always been like through Startup Island and, you know, kind of like on the outskirts and uh, working to educate from outside the system, right? This was my first year, like right. from within the system and even inside of a small private institution, uh, I, I, I felt um, very powerless to to the system at many points, Um because my job was not to go pull a kid from class and take a walk with them and spend all under mm. a tree, just sitting and breathing and listening to the birds and sharing stories and giving them space to scream or cry or laugh or yell, what like whatever. Um, my job was to get more people in the door, get more people in the door, give another tour, answer another phone call, send another email, send another email blast, plan another event, order more school supplies, plan another tour, like just bring bodies in, you know? And um, what I wanted my job to be, and this is why I'm not continuing forward with the school, and I'm building my own is because what I wanted my job to be was like class is canceled today, man. You know, class is canceled. Let's go outside. Or I want you to look in the mirror and look into your own eyes for five minutes and tell me what it feels like to gaze into your own heart. And, like, that's shit that, like, scares people, right? It scares adults, let alone Yeah. Are like, what are you doing? For sure. You know? So it's like, you can't, I get that you can't force that on anyone. Um, but but every time this year I was in a, a conversation with, like, well, how can we make things better? I would always wind up at, like, we blow this place up and we start all over again. <laughs> And obviously, like, that's why I was not meant to stay there. Um, right. Because, you know, I think we need uh, we need change makers everywhere. We need leaders everywhere, right? Uh, yes. Inside of the system that are going to, like, slowly chip away, right? And, like, slowly change policy and um, really, like, reform things from the inside. And then we need radical change makers as well, Uh and that's just that's just like where I that's where I find myself in this life. You know? mm-hmm. I don't have the patience. I don't have the skill set. I don't have the you know what what I, I don't have the um, oh man I don't even know the word because I don't have it like the diplomacy. Like I can't fucking sit and be diplomatic. Yeah, if it means that we can't tell the truth about what's really happening here. You know? And like, 
these kids are going through it. They are sad. They are scared. They don't know who to trust. And when they walk into this building every morning and we're like, hey, good morning. How are you? And then like a school shooting happens only 100 miles down the road or wherever it happens because they happen all the time. And we like just barely mention it. And we like more or less kind of ignore it and pretend like it's just another day. I can't be a fucking part of that, man. I can't. I won't. It's, it's not, and it's, it's like, it's not fair to these kids and it's not respectful to them. It doesn't show them that we trust them, that we care about them, that we trust that they, uh, like can handle this information and that they're feeling a certain way about it. And so are we, we need to see the humanity in each other and in these kids. And, um, I don't even know what, like what you asked me, anymore. um, but, <laughs> but like, that needs to be restored. Uh, and like, that is what I'm, I'm here to do. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, now you're here. Yeah. I interrupted you, but you're, you're here to build that build real authentic trust with kids, because I think that's a big thing that I am realizing working with, like I actually work with kids that are from all different, like socioeconomic backgrounds and race, like pretty much in LA, like literally, you know, I got, I'm working, you know, when in inner city and then also like Beverly Hills. So I get to experience both, but they honestly share a lot more in common than, than, you know, their one would think like, obviously certain, you know, demographics are painted a certain way, but they are all feeling similar ways. And, and obviously that they, they all have their own experiences, right? Cause they're individuals, but they're the one thing that they all want to do is they want to belong and they want to feel heard and they don't want they don't have toleration for for the fake the fake shit that you're talking about, and I I think I share a similar sentiment. That's probably why we kind of gravitated towards each other. And you know, shout out to Anthony for connecting us. But you know, I I, I think sometimes I think about wanting to be like a PE teacher because I'd love it. But sometimes I just like think about I don't think I could deal with the bureaucracy of it. You know. Um, and, and just kind of going through what you're talking about, like, so it, it's challenging and we have to kind of, you know, I think your story and you sharing that shares is great insight for people to understand like where they, their strengths and where their heart and where they can align and where they can impact in an authentic way. I appreciate you saying that. And, and yeah, that is, is like a really vital opportunity as a leader too right um i mean to bring it to basketball which is something we connect on all the time like but knowing right. your knowing your spot on the floor you can be you can be like the most efficient scorer if you know your spot and instead of trying to create mm -hmm. from everywhere or hit the flashy jumpers or you know be a three-point wizard right like little elbow jumpers man Right. Like, yeah, no. Uh, and, and it takes work to, to find your spot, to find your place, to find what feels good for you. And it takes support, right. The support of others, the support of coaches, the support of, um, 
you know, uh, just like friends and family and observers and people who are going to give it to you straight. And it takes practice, right? And it takes showing up to the court every day to like take a thousand jumpers from your spot. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, we need, we need change makers everywhere. Um, and I think, uh, as we start to work together, um, you know, like leadership is a team sport too. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking on like a successful team. Everyone is a leader. Yep. Single person. In their own way. Exactly. It's not, and it like, and, and it's not about the captain, right? Like, it's about the fact that everyone feels empowered to play their role and to fill in where where they're most, uh, where they're strongest, and also sometimes pick up the slack in other areas as well. But like, it's a communion. It's a dance. Um, it's not absolute. It's not black and white. And um, <clears throat> yeah, just hearing hearing you, you know, speak of um, the different ways that that you see that showing up, you know, in the in the role that you're playing in the in the different you know communities that you're working in, um, and how there's still kind of a common thread through all of it. So um, yeah, important to. Um, uh, to practice, to, to practice our leadership. I think that that's a perfect way to end off the podcast is like talking about practice, you know, and that the more we show up oh, time in time again, like I, I was a terrible podcaster, you know, right when I started, but now I'm okay. Cause I've, you know, I, I try not to ask too many questions in one, but I still working on it. Right. Like it's different things and we'll keep practicing. So with that, the final segment is just, you know, what parting words do you have for, for young coaches, young leaders, um, or new coaches, new leaders, they might not be, you know, they might not consider themselves young. And if so, where can people find you or connect with you if they enjoyed your thoughts? Yeah, I think, uh, I think a place to start for, you know, emerging leaders, coaches, uh, guides, elders, what have you, right. Um, is, um, in your own heart, there's, um, that's where the authenticity lives. The authenticity lives inside of each and every one of us. Um, we just have to get there. And depending on what stage of, of anyone's journey they may be at, like we said before, you know, that can, uh, that can be like a quick kind of tuning in or that can feel, uh, you know, like a hundred year pilgrimage. Right. Um, but the place to start is, is going inward, not feeling like I need to have a certain out, you know, I need to have a certain outcome. I need to have a certain impact in a certain area is like, what feels really true to me. And then, then I can build the foundation of leadership on, on top of that. And from that place, um, 
you know, uh, tying it back to storytelling, like create the beautiful story of the world that you want to live in and then go out and make that story your reality. And you'll need, again, you'll, you know, uh, you don't have to do it alone. You're not supposed to. And you deserve to be supported by your community and by elders and by people you meet along the way. And by coaches and, you know, um, different, you know, allies that you will find. Um, those would be my parting words. Um, and if anyone's interested uh, in connecting with me, um, you know, my individual website is just Josh slash or Josh dash. Dash, I think. Josh dash Gershon.com. G-E-R-S-H-O-N. And um, the project that we're working on that we just launched, which will be for high school teens, which will be an authentic leadership and storytelling program and a mentor network that they can tap into. Um, that is just at souls.school. S-O-A-L-S dot school. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today, Josh, and imparting your wisdom on our listeners. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, Justin. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like, subscribe, leave a comment, and a review on whatever platform you're on. It's the best way to help us grow. We appreciate you for doing that. We'll shout you out on social media. I'd also love if you connected with me on social media. Let me know your thoughts, and this is why I do it. I want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward and make an impact on the world. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, Cheers.